As I mentioned before, today's message is um, a special message, not only for the new year, um, but next three, four months for us as Crossway Church and Crossway family. Let me begin with this uh, need. The reason for this special message is the is because the Crossway Church has this current predicament in New Year 2019. For those of you who are new or relatively new to our church, let me give you a brief summary of what's been going on. <clears throat> the premise of all that, so this is actually conclusion. First, we have no place to meet after July 31st in this year. So less than seven months left. <clears throat> June 21st, 2017 was the first day we have received a notice of correction from Orange County Fire Authority. And June 23rd, uh, we find out that we need to have the conditional use permit. When Irene went to the city of uh, Santa Ana planning department at the counter, she was, well, actually, Crossway Church was rejected even to submit any CPU application. August 14th and to, through uh, September 16th, we halted every effort on our part. Uh, there was concerns about whether we should start seeking other, other places and whatnot, but our church discernment as leadership de uh, team declared that we're going to wait on the Lord. And the fasting and prayer chain started uh, August ending on September 16th. And towards the, the, in the middle of that prayer chain, we find out there was a first unexpected, unsolicited, solicited contact from the Department of Justice, um, Civil Rights Department, the division, contacted us out of blue. November 27th, 2017, a few months later, we were notified that the DOJ lawyer sent a formal DOJ investigation letter to send to the, the city of Santa Ana. It was investigation for any violation of ALUPA. ALUPA stands for Religious land use and individualized, institutionalized persons act. They're basically civil rights for the religious organizations like church. And it was so sweet because it sounded like, I mean, looked, feel, felt like a, Santa Ana was a giant hovering over us. We had no power. Intimidated. But DOJ's letter said, you have two weeks to comply to provide all these informations whether you have any violation of Balupa. Suddenly, my perspective, and you know, those of us who are really worried about that, suddenly cloudy lifted and things changed like crazy. And this uh, January 21st, by the way, the scenario that we were told uh, by the lawyer was that uh, she will probably have to come out, fly to Orange County to visit Crossway Church and to visit uh, Santa Ana Department and to gather all the information and then, in, then, which will lead to the court. But when God does it, <laughs> he skipped all the processes. And do you remember this? 
January 21st, 2018, one week prior to our 10th anniversary, they finally posted this announcement, public announcement, the city of Santa Ana conceded that their zoning law improperly excludes churches from personal professional zone, which is w our zone, and began the process on next day, and January 22nd, 2019, at 5.30 p.m. to amend their zoning code to allow churches to meet with a conditional use permit that's when I start jumping. <laughs> Not planning, but my, my sons were thinking, Dad, you, you look like an African-American pastor that day. Because I, I was just, I didn't plan it. I was so joyous. And God will grant that miracle for us one week prior to the 10th anniversary. It was so sweet. But reality set in as we were looking into it. The conditional use permit um, would require to bring every building code and safety code, fire, co fire code, up to today's standard. Olive Crest is old building, and they don't have any sprinklers, and they don't have any extra measures of safety that they, that modern day, this day res uh, requires because basically they are grandfathered in. If we were to do it, it will, it will uh, cost us so much money by creating an exit, possibly sprinkler, and all different kinds of measures, so which uh, we thought is $150,000 or close to $200,000. And we quickly realized it's not worth because I, I don't we don't know how long we would be able to stay in this uh, building. On top of that, Olive Crest, um, this past year and this year, they almost doubled the size of their employees, and they're growing like crazy. And they're still be uh, there's they have been so generous to us and gracious to us, and allowing us. So even today, um, we're finally go after five Sundays, their toy store is, is uh, almost cleaned up. The shelves there, but we are able to have lunch upstairs for that space and that those tables and chairs we are using without any extra charge. And praise God for that. So that day we declared we now have a little more than a year um, to move, find a new facility. And that year sounded long, right? In the past three, four months passed, uh, passed by so quickly and we did have a search team rendering zero result, even not even a possibility. And finally, July 31st, 2019, is the date that our building lease uh, ends. What do you do? I think there are two uh, the poles of extreme response. One is kesera sera. Well, God has provided for us everything over the years, and really, there isn't any other place that we could replicate what we have right now. Most likely, even if we find a place, more than double the rent amount that we are paying right now. But the Kesarasara is especially, and if you have the consumer-oriented mentality, is, is a Pastor Paul's 
concern, the leadership team elders concern. And then we could say nice things. I don't worry, God will provide. So that's kind of kesarasara. And the other thing is we could panic. Start going crazy in our own efforts and self-reliance and yeah, we throw the words of pray for this and pray for that. But pulling every resource, human resources and connections, calling people. My honest expression of how I went through that process initially I had some calm assurance that God will provide. So looking at past 10 years, how God has provided for us, gave us some confidence. And then when there was no sign of whatsoever, I realized in my time of prayer, okay, this is very obvious reason God doesn't want to give. Uh, God doesn't want to give us a new facility unless we experience that it is from God and of God. So unless we really go into that expectant heart and desperate dependence on God and to pray together, and then God will provide as an answer. So Saturday prayer meeting was my go-to. Uh, remedy for our facility problem. I didn't want to use guilt. I didn't want to manipulate anybody's emotion to gather up. Some Sunday, some Saturdays we had a few more people. But still, the, the constant nagging thing that we, I had, along with our elders, were we feel impotent powerless, resourceless to be even be able to sincerely desperate on God. How do we do this, Lord? And God provided as he always has in the past through scripture guidance. And all of you if uh, most of you, if not all of you, have gone through prayer series in your home group. And as I am writing some resources for the, resor the leaders, for them to lead, I felt this conviction. We don't know about our second step or third step, but God made it so clear this is the step that I want you to take as a Crossway Church. So my, my heart is anxious right now because I need to get, get through that. But I want to you know, do, you know, do it in a faithful way so that you will see the scripture is clearly guiding us, not Paul Kim's idea. So would you listen to this passage? I don't, I don't want to even tell it as a story. I want us to read it together so that we could see, sense whether we could see guidance from Scripture. As a matter of fact, we have declared that God's word is lamp unto our feet and light to our path. So would you seek for that guidance? Let's start with the Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1 through chapter 2, verse 8. Uh, the summary of Nehemiah's experience and example is a four-month of praying and waiting on God's leading. Verse 1. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakeliah, now it happened the month of Kislev, in the twelfth. 20th year, as I was in Susa, the citadel, the Hananiah, 
one of my brothers came with certain men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who escaped, who had survived the exile, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the remnant there in the province who had survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates are destroyed by fire. As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ear be attentive and let your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for the people of Israel, your servants, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you. And even I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, and the rules that you have commanded your servant Moses. Remember the word that you have commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though you, you, uh, your outcasts are in the uttermost parts of heaven, from there I will gather them and bring them to the place that I have chosen to make my name dwell there. They are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Now I was a cupbearer to the king. In chapter 2, verse 1. In the month of Nisan, in the tw 20th year of King Artaxerxes, uh, when wine was before him, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now uh, I had not been sad in his presence. And the king said to me, why is your face sad, seeing you are not sick? This is nothing but sadness of the heart. Then I was very afraid. I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, what are you requesting? So I, so I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king and your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may be, rebuild it. And the king said to me, and the queen sitting beside him, how long will you be gone? And when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time. And I said to the king, if it pleased the king, let letters be given to me, given me to the governors of the province beyond the river that they may let me pass through until I come to Judah and a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that they may give me timber to make beams 
for the gates of the fortress of the temple and for the wall of the city and for the house that I shall occupy. Then the king granted me what I asked for the good hand of my God was upon me. Quick summary of recap on that. Upon the hearing disturbing news, what was the news? Remember the the southern country, southern nation of Israelite. Uh, were taken to Babylon, and the Babylon later became Persia, the, the sequence of idea. This is about 70, 80s after that Jerusalem was fallen. And the remnant was in the Jerusalem, in, in Israel, and they were struggling to rebuild the city wall and the temple. And not only there was an opposition, but the horrible things happened. So if you are a cupbearer, which is really one of the highest rank, because a cupbearer is the person who tastes the wine, tastes the food, so that king can take the food and wine, and knowing that poison is not in that. But the Day-to-day function, his role was a king's closest counsel because he's right next to him. And as a Hebrew foreigner, he achieved that kind of status. If he wanted, he could live a normal, comfortable, affluent life. But when he heard the news, his heart he was not a preacher he was not a prophet but he knew the scripture he could feel that right and then what what he went to is mourning and fasting and praying when as he was praying what was he really praying for interceding for poor them have mercy on them no actually it's poor us Lord we have sinned. Our people have sinned. And I and my father's family have sinned. And Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn. Mourn for their sinfulness and depravity. The psalmist saying, I cry. My tears like became river because of their sin. This is what Nehemiah was going through. So unlike the, the pragmatic uh, prosperity gospel looking like the type of prayer, he was returning to God. And his prayer is marked by honoring God's name. Lord, for your name's sake, you ought to do this. That's what he was going for. And confessing on behalf of Israel and relying on God's promises. Didn't you say, if we disobey and run astray, that you will scatter us? But if you return to you, that you will bring them together. This is the promise, isn't it, Lord? And appealing to God's covenant. You have made a covenant with us through Moses, your son, your, your prophet Moses. And not to mention the lineage of patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The covenant was God's covenant. And Israel was fickle. But God never let them go because of his covenant. And uh, what what is such a encouraging and challenging thing is God he was asking God to use him 
is a solution to the problem. Use me, Lord. And we'll look at, look at this passage together. I mean, the lesson, draw the lesson at the end for our church. But the first verse of chapter 1, in the month of Kislev, in the second uh, chapter, verse 1, in the month of Nisan, there was a four-month. This is when, when, I, when I realize I pray for one or two days and I get tired. I get tired. I'm like, Lord, where, where's your answer? Come on, get on with it, Lord. For four months, can, can we wait on the Lord? And Nehemiah's purpose is, I'm going to, going to the king of Persia, and I'm going to ask for permission to go to Jerusalem to reveal the city, but not next day, not next week, four months. Maybe he didn't even plan four months. Let's pray long enough that we get confirmation from the leading of the Spirit. Now, I'm going. Even as he went, when King was asking, what are you requesting? He said, so I pray to the God of heaven. Right there at that moment, right before he opens his mouth, he prayed. I don't know about you. If God is real and what we are reading is real and over the 10 years how we did church was real, we ought to pay attention to this. Do you remember some of you were there in my living room instead of regular way of doing church planting? We're asking for people's uh, donation for $100,000 for one first year, for, for rental purposes and equipments, the things that we needed, sound equipment, things like that. We didn't do anything. We prayed in the living room, 15 of us. And God provided all those equipments were free because it's donated. The building we were living in, in upstairs for four years of rent free. God did it. We waited. Now let's go to Daniel. Summary for Daniel's example was a three weeks of persistent prayer for strength and guidance. Daniel chapter one, 10, verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel who was named Belteshazzar, that was his um, Persian name. Um, Daniel was his Greek name. And the word was true, and it was great conflict. And he understood the word and had understanding the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three, day, three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat, or wine entered my mouth. Nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks on the 24th day of the first month. As I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked and behold a man clothed in, in linen with a belt of fine gold from Ufaz around his waist. His body was like barrel. His face was the appearance of lightning. His eyes were like flaming torches. His arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze. And the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. And I, Daniel alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision. 
but a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision, and no strength was left in me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed, and I retained no strength. Then I heard the sound of his words, and I, as, I, as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground. And behold, a hand touched me, set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you, and stand upright for now, for now, I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day you, that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. The prince of kingdom of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days. For the vision is four days yet to come. When he had spoken to me according to these words, I turned my face toward the ground and was mute. And behold, one in the likeness of the children of men touched my lips. And then I opened my mouth and spoke. I said to him who stood before me, O oh my Lord, by reason of the vision, pains have come upon me and I retain no strength. I say to, said to him who stood before me, O oh my, oh my Lord, by reason of the vision, pains have come upon me and I retain no strength. Uh, read it twice. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, how can my Lord's servant talk with my Lord? For now, no strength remains in me and no breath left in me. Again, one having the appearance of a man touched me and strengthened me. And he said, O oh, man, greatly loved, fear not, peace be with you. Be strong and of good courage. And as he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Then he said to me, do you know why I, why I have come to you? For now I will return to the fight against the prince of Persia. And I go out, behold, the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is inscribed in the book of truth. There is none who contends by my side against these except Michael, your prince. The same um, type of news heard, the same exile period of time. But if we look at Ezra, we know that Nehemiah was, uh, I mean, he did go back and rebuild the walls around the city. Nehemiah is an organizational leader. But Ezra went to rebuild the temple. So it's uh, to Daniel's perspective here is the very same traumatic use, news that not only in spite of the fact that King of Persia Cyrus changed the rule and said now you could go back to your own country and rebuild as long as you uh, pay respect to, you know, to me and our Persia and the Persia, the kingdom of Persia overruled the entire 
region, to, to their knowledge, the entire world was under Cyrus. Daniel's response was similar, isn't it? He did partial fast, what we call it. He said, uh, I didn't eat any delicacies. I didn't take wine. I didn't put any oil, which means that any kind of, you know, two-hour standard, we could think of it as taking shower and putting lotions. All that was to humble himself before the Lord. In the second vision, the first vision was that, and vision, don't think about as a picture, vision of the God's revelation, the word came, that something great, dangerous thing will happen to the Israel. We don't know what it is. He knew, understand, he understand partially. So his struggle, great struggle was trying to understand what that meant. And then an angel of the Lord comes to him and said, your prayer was heard for the first day. The reason why it took t- three weeks, 21 days, was big because in the spiritual realm there was spiritual warfare. The scholars will call this is... Um, The evil spirit who ha- whose dominion is over Persia, the prince of Persia. And then he will call the Michael as a prin- your prince, which means the prince that oversees from God's point of view. But whatever the reason was, in God's great paramonic, panoramic, plan was unfolded and the satanic evil forces were against it. So from our point of view, oh, our little small church, it really doesn't apply to this, isn't it? But then the the real theme is, look at this. The purpose of God was being unfolded. That's the Angel's explanation. What is about to happen, it's not a fortune telling. It is about the what is about to happen because of God's sovereign purpose and plan. We belong to him. We are God's people. And the church is not our crossway church little shop, but our head of our church is Christ. And Christ belongs to God the Father. That means... He has a purpose for us. He wants to bring his glory and purpose in and through us. The predicament that we are faced with right now is opportunity from that perspective. So Daniel's persistent, humble prayer were not only essential, but powerful in making breakthroughs. Remember, he was touched second time and he's was strengthened. And then you and I belong to Christ. We are co-heirs of Christ. What Daniel heard, God will speak to us that way. Oh, man greatly loved. Crossway Church, your beloved God's people greatly loved brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of God. So through prayer, we too can experience God's affirmation, strength, guidance, and victory in spiritual battle. Now, allow me 10 more minutes to reap the harvest of what I've been doing so far. Now we're going to come to the practical side of it. The radical call that I sense, crystal clear about our first step. I don't know, as I said before, second and third steps. But God seems to be making this step very clear. 
for Crossway Church in the new year 2019. First, the Spirit's radical for Crossway Church is to humble ourselves before God corporately as well as individually. Daniel's fasting and praying and weeping and mourning was not because he was sad personally, but he embraced his people as his own need. And I'm asking you to do that right now, this year. It's not some leadership problem. You and I are embracing this. God, we need your guidance desperately. We humble ourselves and we repent, we return to you. I haven't seen that much. I paid taxes and I don't steal. I, I haven't done anything immoral thing, you might think. But when you think about it, the spiritual realm, in the beginning of a crossway, how we were fervent and hungry and thirsty for God's word. The temptation and distraction happens over and over. Not because of unnecessary guilt, but because of our desire to be draw closer near to, near to God. Anytime the spiritual revival happens, there is a genuine remorse and repentance toward the way we live. And Daniel, in the same way, when he says he has no delicacies and no meat, his way of humbling himself before God. When you think about what does it mean for us to humble ourselves before God? Practically, it means fasting and repentance. Lord, change us. We return to you. We want to be held by your hand and guided by step by step. We seek you not as one of the options, but the hope we have. So because of that, our heart posture we need is a broken, contrite heart. A broken, contrite heart you, God, will not despise. As King David repented his own sin, Psalm 51, 17, he says that. And to be honest with you, this too need, we need a spirit's help. Because our generation is the generation that would don't like to go to funeral makes us feel really depressed and moody. So anything that we feel that is too heavy, we're going to get rid of. But our call is by humbling ourselves we're sitting in the pool of our reality of depravity and brokenness and desire holy life what God desires for us. Andrew Murray writes about fasting and prayer this way. Prayer is reaching out after the unseen. Fasting is letting go of all that is seen and temporal. Fasting helps express, deepen, confirm, the resolution that we are ready to sacrifice anything, even ourselves, to attain what we seek for the kingdom of God. Secondly, the Spirit's call for a crossway in the new year is to declare our utter dependence on God's guidance and provision through persistent, patient prayer. 
Nehemiah, as I mentioned, four months of patient, persistent prayer. Daniel, 13 Three weeks, 21 days of persistent, patient prayer. I wonder we could endure not having answers in our own time frame. In the same spirit and living room, we prayed not knowing where the money will come from, not knowing where we'll be meeting next Sunday as we pray that God provided that miracle was so sweet. And I'm not using figure of speech. And literally, can we be desperate on God? Depend on God utterly together. And this will require togetherness and unity. And tonight we're going to talk about how, what that would look like more. The five elders will present the practical steps for us. This time John Wesley he writes, Bear up the hands that hang down by faith and prayer. Support the tottering knees have yet any days of fasting and prayer stormed the throne of grace and persevered therein and mercy will come down. People of God, it's not the book of the people in the book of Bible or the missionary books or somewhere in third world country, remote country when missionaries really pray, the miracle happens. You and I can experience this kind of breakthrough. And third and last call, the Spirit's call for Crossway is not to use God for our purpose, but to seek to be used by God for His purpose and glory through spiritual renewal and breakthrough. And did you see that? In Nehemiah, he is not looking for pragmatic answers for his own good. He is seeking to be used by God for his purpose. His plan and his promises were what in the people of Israel. And frankly, we're going to have to repeat this over and over. The reason why we're going to take this radical step is not to get a next facility. God will, in one form or the other, will provide. But the question is, are we going to be ready spiritually? If we have this mindset of God... We need to use you, get our purpose. We need a purpose. We have this purpose, meet, meeting space. Provide. You, aren't you uh, powerful enough? That's one attitude. We're going to shy away from that by repenting our self-centeredness, our man-centeredness. But if we seek to be used by God for His purpose, it will look like this. Let's say God does bring this incredible place and an incredible price rent that we are able to use it for 24-7. If we are not spiritually ready, we're going to be complacent. We're going to be entitled, self-entitled. We deserve it. We're going to be worldly people, worldly church, who has no passion for God's glory, and that God's word is tasteless to us. But what if we get 
spiritually revival, God's word is, tastes so good in us. We will glorify God with that good facility. Conversely, what if we get week-to-week space that we have to put, set up and break down every Sunday? That means we have to find somewhere else to our youth to meet on Friday night. Where that come from? If we are not spiritually ready, we're going to be grumbling. Some people will leave. But those of us who are setting up and breaking down with this heavy, grumbling heart, someone else to do need to do this. But if we are revived, spiritually renewed, that every single thing will be joyful in spite of grunt work that we might have to do. So our best solution is not asking for things, but asking God to use us for his purpose and for his glory. I'm excited. I don't know about you guys. Because when I sense it is of the Spirit and from the Spirit, there is a joy. I have a joy already. I don't know how we're going to handle situations. J.I. Pecker writes, Revival is the visitation of God which brings to life Christians who have been sleeping and restores a deep sense of God's near presence and holiness. Thence springs a vivid sense of sin and profound exercise of heart in repentance, praise, and love with an evangelistic outflow. So I conclude with this. In light of all this, our radical step as a Crossway family in 2019 is 14-week, four-month fasting and prayer chain from January 14th all the way to the Saturday before Easter, which is April 20th. I know this is an unusual thing. We've never done anything kind of like this before. So th- that's why our elders' presentation is very critical. So we want to do this discerningly, sincerely, and in, in unity together. May God be with us and bless us. May God open our eyes to experience God's miracles and powers and his wisdom. And may God shake each one of us, our hearts, to have a breakthrough. And may the Lord bring unity and revival for the entire church, no matter what's ahead of us. If God is with us, we have nothing to fear. Amen? Let's pray.